Welcome to Otaku American. This is Mikey Fresh here. I'm here with my boy, my friend, Moby John from Kamanga LLC. What's up, Moby? What's up, Mike? Hey. Uh, as you guys should be aware, we had done a show, uh, an interview with him before. Uh, this time he's actually in the studio with us right now. Uh, to do uh, this interview that we have Really, it's not even really a, Even an interview, it's just us hanging out Talking about some stuff, really But uh, since the last time we had our um, Interview with you what was the, uh, Has anything new really come out? Oh yeah, uh, since then We released a magazine In collaboration with uh, You know, uh, with Anthony Piper As our first uh, Interviewed exclusive guest And uh Another great artist from Instagram, the name escapes me right now, and, and uh, we featured many other indie creators with uh, with previews of their comics. We're just, uh, you know, instead of waiting for the mediums, or should I say the media, to respect us, we chose, you know, let's create the media and create the opportunity ourselves, you know. Yeah, definitely. Anthony Piper, he's from Trill League, right? Oh, yeah, the creator of the Trill League. You know, uh, we spoke and, uh, you know, he gave me enough respect to see that, you know, what I'm trying to do is, uh, you know, create a foundation of support. You know, the way I look at it, we, we can have comics out there, but if we don't have, you know, our own people interviewing one another where, you know, there's no need to hold yourself back. Or you yeah. could just talk as a human being, you know, where you don't have to say, oh, I'm too black on this interview, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that hasn't. But, um, yeah, I had, uh, I see that I got it on uh, Google Books, and it's available on other things mm-hmm. also. So uh, I have it, and I was looking at it, and, yeah, there's some nice stuff in here. Uh, the Trill League, I met Anthony Piper when I was in um, C2E2 last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, we talked a little bit, everything. He seems like a very cool dude. Uh, I like his comic. Uh, some of the other stuff on here, like I've seen there were um, some other artists in here. Your staff, actually. I saw that you had your staff listed on at the very end of the mag. Mm. Uh, is there anything you can speak on in regards to you, some of your staff and how you actually were able to bring some of them together? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I reached out to a few people from, you know, like right now. In our membership, we have uh, Vince, Vincent E. Allen, the creator of, uh, you know, he's created many comics uh, such as uh, Vortex 280 and um, Whiskers, uh, you know, you know what I mean, Dusty Bones. He's created a lot of properties. He's from uh, Atlanta, Georgia. And then I linked up with an artist, uh, an anchor from Australia named Warwick, who, who introduced me to an artist uh, in Florida named Jay. And uh, as for everyone else, you know, we, we pretty much met up in uh, Jersey, such as Marcus Taylor, who helped me create one of my uh, exclusive characters called Godma. You know, we just, we're, we just trying to bring a lot of people together because the way I look at it, you know, a lot, you know, a lot of people like to say everything's been done. Yeah. You know, in the traditional sense, yeah. everything's been done. But when you look at what's not been done as in, you know, minorities and, you know, even foreigners, you know, anytime you turn on an American comic, the foreigners, the enemy, you know, so our goal is, you know, let's let's come together. But at the same time, I lean more towards providing minority content because, 
we've been ignored. So the way I look at it is it's time to let's do it on our own, you know? Yeah, that's definite uh, something that we should start looking into uh, actually doing more of mm. as opposed to like uh, we were talking in a car actually um, in regards to, you know, having people be in the same umbrella and because a lot of other, you know, a lot of other ethnic groups do this on a regular basis. Mm. They all get under one umbrella and then they, after a while, they, uh, when things start really moving forward for them, then they start branching out a little bit. Mm. But they always start in an umbrella, whereas a lot of times we as in African-Americans or black people have a tendency of just wanting to do things on our own and less likely to be you know, uh, associated in an umbrella. Uh, especially uh, if if I think people are more likely it, anyone in general is more likely to get in the same umbrella if they feel as though they're talking about the same thing. They're less likely to do it if they feel as though everyone has their own like agenda they're looking at mm. it. And they're less they're like, well, if I get under this umbrella and things start popping off for this one, he's just going to forget all about the rest of us. Mm. And then that's that's a lot of I think that's a reason why a lot of people are like, you know what? I don't really want to get an umbrella, but you were saying how you wanted to get a bunch of artists together, which is what you did with your staff mm. and come out with this thing and push forward and see, you know, uh, how far and, you know, to help other people get on possibly. Oh, possibly. Oh, well, you know, to piggyback on what you said is I look at it like this, you know, this ain't comics, you know, this is more of a hip hop thing, but I could name a lot of groups a lot of people don't understand that a movement starts with a lot of people not the individual like for instance i'll give you you got dipset you got the locks you got g unit you got wu-tang clan you got a uh, naughty by nature you know a lot of groups you know to to i believe that people have a you know it's in us a, it's a sheep mentality it's a survival tactic that we follow when we see a lot of people together, it's a yeah. natural instinct. Like uh, I used to do stand-up, whatever, from time to time. And I would notice that if a band comes on, because there's so many people on stage, people would listen more. And my thing is our weakness, you know, especially indies, there's a lot of comic companies out there, people producing comics. But where, where it, they start to die is that... There's a huge gap of consistency. Like, for instance, you know, with the Comanga thing we're doing is if we're all under one umbrella and, for instance, we release this magazine, the company's constantly active. There'll never be a time where nothing's released. So even, for instance, Mike, let's say you were working on a comic and it takes you two to three months to release something. Yeah. We can constantly promote this comic by showing little bits into the, you know what we're doing yeah so now you know your fans don't have to say well mike just disappeared because yeah. you have a support structure and that's yeah. what a lot of people are lacking right now yeah and also like in your comic you have like you said you have let's say it you're not going to come out with what you're coming out with for like another two months mm you will have like bits and pieces of stuff coming out but you also have you'll just showcase maybe another artist mm. who has something available right then oh. so if a person is looking at your zine they're like well i'm really looking for let's say godma 
but something else comes up, then they're like, well, I like Godma, but I'll go ahead and watch Trill League or watch this or watch that. Waiting for, let's say, Trill League or Godma, but also enjoying some of the other content that's coming out via uh, Komanga Zine or anything to that effect. Well, my theory is this. I look at it like this. When you go to a restaurant, you get an appetizer. Correct. You know, so if you have a brand that, for instance, like we did the magazine, it's a collective of other indie characters and creations, and we, we put in like one page of our own characters in there, we're giving people a snack. And when you have an appetizer, you start hungering for the main course. Yeah. What a lot of indie guys do is that they don't have an appetizer. They yeah. only have a main course. So, for instance, they'll release one comic, then two, four months down the lane, they have nothing. And yeah. and the thing is, we live in an age where people are used to, I'll give you an example, people are used to watching shows that provide a new episode every week. Then yeah. you have Netflix, which started the, you can watch the whole series in one sitting. So, People have, you know, they don't have that much of an attention span. So if you can't provide them something, you know, they'll just move on. They have more than, other, you know, they have a lot of varies, a lot of things to choose from yeah. besides waiting for you. And I think uh, a lot of times people are less likely to do something like that, especially when, like, you had to wait a week or you had to wait a month or you had to wait something like that for something and you had no other options but now that you have these options and you have you know netflix and you have hulu and you have everything else people are also have a tendency of not going back to see if they like like if i like this and they didn't come out with anything as you and i we watch anime and as a person who watches anime you are aware that a lot of times watching anime you'll have uh you can end up having um like I watched DRRR. Mm. I've talked about it on this show before. The original series came out in 2011. Mm. And then the season two came out in 2015. Mm. So a lot of people are less... Uh, anime watchers are more likely to go, well, I remember it from 2011, so let me check it out from 2015. But if it's a regular TV show-wise, mm. like Arrested Development did that. They came out with something. And then like years later, they came out with another one on Netflix. A lot of people didn't really, really watch it. Because people were like, well, I don't really remember it. Damn. So, And they didn't go back to what they were doing before. They didn't go back to, well, I like the Resident Development. Me, personally, I was like, well, I like the Resident uh-huh. Development, so let me look back. But a lot of my friends who also liked it just never went back. They just went ahead with whatever else they were doing. And now a lot of people do that now. Because back, I remember back in the day, you know, you would watch something. And if you liked it and it didn't come out for a couple of years, maybe, then it comes back out. You you're more willing to go back and see it. Like for another one, another case, uh, another case example for that is Heroes. They have Heroes Reborn. The numbers aren't doing that well because a lot of people aren't going back to watch Heroes. They're like, well, now I'm on Game of Thrones. Now I'm on this. Now I'm on that. I don't really want to watch that. That was from like years ago. So I really don't want to watch something that's from years ago. Well, you just pointed out, you know, the indie killer. You know, I talk to a lot of indie creators about this. The gap is the killer because issue one, for instance, this happens a lot. Issue one came out five months ago. Now, the, a, a lot of indie creators don't think about is this. You have somebody waiting a month 
on average that's what marvel yeah. and all of them do you have someone waiting a month for the next issue so you're hoping that the next month they remembered issue one now now when you have that big gap of five six months how do you expect someone to remember what happened on issue one so you're asking them to go back and read issue one so they can understand what's going on in issue two but by then you've already lost them and one thing i've spoken to a lot of indie guys about is if it takes so long for you to put out issue two you're gonna work as hard to promote issue two as issue one because you're restarting all over again because you've lost a yeah. majority of those fans interest that's why yeah. that's why i tell people when we're you know the way we work is we put out one page issues i was inspired by the creator bounce i was like we have to provide them with an appetizer if not an appetizer a snack yeah keep that taste in somebody's mouth so when the main course comes in they're yeah. they're ready you know? yeah definitely because otherwise like uh, like we've already reiterated people unfortunately a lot of people's intention span is completely short and yes that is something um you can work on your attention span being you know greater as opposed to being shorter mm. but unfortunately based upon the world we live in currently there's not a lot of things that are caused that a lot of people when we like our parents and our grandparents were patient because unfortunately they had to be patient they had, they had to else. be there was nothing else for them to really go to whereas it's hard as someone living in this day and age it's kind of hard to like well i wish i could do something like that but at the same time you're like your time is very short you don't have a lot of time for yourself to do things that you enjoy to do mm. so when it takes them five to six months to come out with something and you really like it by that time you've like you said you've already moved on to the next thing and mm. you're less likely to want to go back to well, see it especially when you like like i said for anime when you're talking about anime that goes like you know the season the next season won't start for like another five years you're waiting five years for something i mean i i have people currently uh friends of mine co-workers things of that nature that ask me about attack on titan just about every single day oh man it's been two years since and i told them like it's funny because attack on the the people who made that anime are aware of the the demand so they come out with um, what Attack on Titan like the, the kid? Movie. No, they they have like the kid version uh, where they're like in high school and they're like you know the cutesy like super deformed like Teen Titans yeah like, looking thing. Uh, and I'm like, go. but that's not what people are asking for. No. But they're giving people something. Like you say, you can't go that long, especially even anime knows they can't go like two, three, four years. Mm. And this is something that they know they have like a really big following for. Well, well I'm going to give you an example that would be Shinmu, the new Shinmu oh. 3 that's coming out. Yes, I saw the uh, Kickstarter. I was uh, talking about the Kickstarter before mm. on my blog. The wait, man, people wanted that. But my thing with Attack on Titan is they've gotten unfocused. You know, they've done oh, yeah. a movie. They have all this money now. They could easily make the next season, but they've become unfocused. And just to piggyback on what you said, another thing is I, I talked to a lot of indie guys about this is that manga changed, you know, the playing field. A lot of people will sacrifice production time for color. Yeah. You know, I've spoken to a lot of creators where they tell me because of the color it's going to take another two, three months. But a majority of people have read manga. Color 
you know, I say this all the time. Color is a choice, not a necessity. The cover could be in color, but the book as a whole, you don't need color because what is it? Mangas, they've sold. Manga has, what is it? It's actually outsold comics. Oh, yes, definitely. You know, so, so, you know, I, I spoke to a buddy of mine and we always talk about it. I tell him a lot of people. Especially, he tells me the urban market hasn't been, you know, touched on. I say a lot of the urban people are reading manga. So if you're making a comic, you have to reference what's more successful. And the most successful thing right now is manga. There are literally episodes, I mean, websites where Naruto is averaging a million views a day. Yeah. You know, so when, when you see that manga is black and white, then you, you just understand that comics... You'd color isn't yeah. a need. And, know. yeah, you did bring up that's a good point because in comic books, mm. they want everything to be in color. Whereas mm. in manga, like, I mean, like I was saying to you, I was reading a manga earlier. Mm. And I think maybe, like, the cover is color and maybe the first page. Mm. And then after that, everything is black and white. Black and white. Mm. So, and, you know, when you're coming from, like, reading comic books, you may, it may first catch you off guard right off the bat especially being an american in which that's always the case but after a while you just don't even pay attention to it because if the story and it's been written well you won't even care if it's been color or not well well i'm gonna tell you a lot of creators are chasing their idol like uh where their budget doesn't reflect like there's a lot of people that want to be like stan lee jim lee you know uh todd mcfarland but your budget isn't like that so what they'll do is they'll sacrifice everything and uh some people come out with a great comic you know but because of the color because of the amount of time it takes to develop that you've just created your own killer and that killer is that you created a product that people are interested in but because you've added on the toll of color now you can't give it to them the way they want it. One thing I've been thinking about is I think a lot of creators need to be ahead by at least three issues. You know, yeah. have three issues done. That way you can, uh, that would give you three months to, you know, if you're releasing it once a month, have three issues done. That way you could give them something because people are more likely to remember, you know, issue one to three than just issue yeah. one. In four years, three months down the road, issue two comes out, and I'm not yeah. aware. Yeah, uh, yeah, people are way more uh, likely to focus and watch issue one, two, and three as opposed to, like you said, having instead of having like four months down the line, you have mm-hmm. an issue two, and then they're like, oh well, I don't really remember what happened in issue one. Mm-hmm. In regards to you know the day and age of having short attention spans. Uh-huh. So. Uh-huh. Well, you know, to me, we we have short attention spans because there's so much available. You know, your phone, you have everything. I think it's the law of simplicity. You know, when you have everything around you, I mean, you won't if you have a GPS, you won't use a map, you know, a physical map anymore. You know, who has a a physical (laughs) map anymore? So Atlas at that. Hey, man, there's gold in them hills. Yeah, exactly. You know, but uh, but yeah, yeah. But to me, it's just a lot of indie guys. I just think they need to understand people. Like for instance, when we spoke about Shinmu, yeah. you played Shinmu one and two. People are more likely to be loyal when they've seen the sequel. 
as if you give them issue one and issue two, you know, very close to one another, they'll be more aware and wanting issue three. Yeah. But if you just give them issue one and then there's a long gap and you don't have any, like uh, one thing I give manga respect for is fillers. Oh, you know, yeah. I give know? them respect for fillers, but at the same time, well, I don't give well, them respect for fillers. Because some of the fillers are like so off topic mm. from the rest of the story that it's like, okay. Well, you know. But I understand what they're trying to get at. When it's done right. I mean, yeah. right now, I think Naruto's got a filler out where what if his father lived? You know, yeah. so it changes everything. What I mean by filler is an appetizer. If you if it's gonna take you two months to release issue one, I think Anthony Piper did this. He does this a lot where he releases one page comics, you know, where he gives you a one page maybe every two weeks or something. Yeah. He keeps you fed, you know, keeps you, you know, giving you a snack. You know, I'd rather have a starving fan than a fan who just died of hunger. You know, yeah. so that's what he does is he gives them a snack, an appetizer, and that's what a lot of indie guys need to do. But most importantly is you need to understand that you're not Jim Lee, you're not Stan Lee, you're an indie creator, as in you don't have their budget, you don't have that luxury of working with, with Marvel where all expenses are paid, so you have to adapt to what you have. So yeah. you might have to cut out color. You know, but at the end of the day, you want your story to be told and to be heard. So, you know, just removing color, you know, that's not a big issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely uh, something a lot of indie creators need to look at, look at, especially, you know, a lot of times I think. And we've talked about this on other shows before where mm. they have these grandiose ideas, not realizing that, like you said, you're an indie creator. The the money that you have behind you and the resources and everything else is not the same as DC, not the same as Marvel, not the same as Dark Horse, all these other major, bigger companies. Mm-hmm. So you got to keep that in mind. Like, it's great to have dreams and it's great to accomplish these dreams, but you got to also be within the spectrum mm-hmm. of where you're coming from. And I think a lot of indie, a lot of guys who just get into that scene mm-hmm. kind of are kind of like, they're looking bigger than what they really are. Like, I can see becoming that, but you got to remember where you are right now. Oh, yeah. It's bad resource management. Another thing is, you know, I love Kickstarter. I love Indiegogo, but there's a lot of creators, you know, instead of doing a project that's smaller, they all start off with an Indiegogo and a Kickstarter without understanding that you haven't built a following you haven't built a level of experience where, you know, people can trust to invest yeah. in your product. And yeah. there's a lot of people just skipping. Let me pay with my own money where I'll learn resource management and let me just throw a cover, a little video and, you know, pray to God that, you know, <laughs> yeah. it'll be funded yeah. on Kickstarter yeah. and Indiegogo. And I think a lot of times being that I'm a, an avid um contributor to in uh kickstarter mm-hmm. and a little bit of indiegogo go go you have a lot of times in which people are like they start at kickstarter they get the money they're going to get and then for some odd reason they don't think of all the problems that can happen mm-hmm. and they do happen mm-hmm. so then they're like you you end up getting updates like every like five months sometimes a year a year and a half later and it's because they just you know, if you had, and a lot of times, a lot of these groups are people who, this is their first project. Mm. 
So they don't have any back experience. And, you know, people on Kickstarter and Indiegogo are a little more forgiving for things. But at the same time, you know, I think a lot of times the people giving this money, and I, I, I'm accused of the, doing this also. I need to look at the people more often to see what background they are coming from. Because if, if I'm looking at their background and they don't have any experience, then... I'm not saying that it's not going to come out through, come through, but there's a very, there's a 50-50 chance that it's not going to come out, you know, within a reasonable amount of time. Whereas if it's someone who's already been established, mm. I know, yeah, there may be some setbacks, but this person's track record has already proven that they can do this within a certain amount of time. So, oh, yeah. I mean, I look at a lot of Kickstarters. If you look at it, it always says former, you know, creative director of this uh, used to work on image. A lot of these are the successful ones, the ones where people had experience yeah. or they built up a brand or level, rec you know, recognition. Like me and my friend, uh, we working on some comics, a lot of this stuff. We put it out of our own pockets because we understand that we'll we'll understand we'll learn resource management, but most importantly, we'll build a fan base where people have seen us from the beginning to the middle. They've yeah. seen us the 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 um, the rise and the um, <clears throat> you just adding on to you know the progression and the growth of your company so and a lot of sometimes with kickstarters you know a lot of them are just people who just was like you know what let's do a kickstarter and then they go ahead and do the kickstarter and then surprisingly they get the money because their idea is a major idea and people are like yeah i, th I think that's something valid and then you give them the money and then it's like they really don't know what to do because they don't have any background in whatever it is they're doing so and that you know with kickstarter that's a good and a bad and indiegogo is the same way um i think indiegogo gives a little more leeway because kickstarter like you mentioned before if you're like a dollar short oh you die you die that's it there's nothing all or so, nothing you yeah know? So. I, I respect that, you know, shows the risk. But like you just said, a lot of people sometimes because they don't have that history, they have such a good idea or the reaction is so great that they get more funding than they can manage. And another thing is I call it the, you throw something in the dark. Like I got a few friends, you know, they do music, yeah. but they don't have a fan base. And yeah. you don't have a following, you're just gonna work on an album and put it out there to no one. Basically, the shot in the dark kind of thing. There it is. Or it's like, uh, you're like, all right, well, let's hope something happens from this. Mm. It's like feelers. You know, mm. I've sent out a couple of feelers from different artists to see, you know, some of them are gonna bite and some of them aren't. Mm. So, and when you come out with an album like that, yeah, and you don't really have a following, mm. you're just hoping. Really. As opposed to working on your craft and knowing, you know, we came out with this and then we came out with that and then we came out with that. And then gradually we get growth and things of that nature. So, but just to, uh, we're going to wrap this show up um, just so that people can get an idea. What are some of your outlets and some of the things well, that people can get in contact with you or some of the things that you uh, have coming out? Well, you know, Comanga LLC, we're available on Facebook if you want to contact us and see what we're doing. We just released our first magazine, uh, Comangazine. It's basically, you know, if you're tired of the lack of diversity and innovation, you know, the slogan is Comangazine is your scene, but... You know, I'll just say one more thing is that comic creators need to be aware 
that manga is here. So when you create a comic, be aware of that. You know, be aware of the positive, the pros and the cons, and you'll you'll be you know at a better rate. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's great. Uh, thanks for showing up. Thanks for coming to the uh, show today. Is we love having you guys here. Well, having you here for um, Taco American. Uh, as we say, this for Taku, Biotaku. Thanks, guys, for listening. Have a great day. Oh, yeah. Cheers.